Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and provide a foundation for understanding it, whether you're actually considering a procedure or you're just curious. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan, and in this season number four, you'll find a new approach, including interviews and covering a wide variety of subjects. But after you listen to this episode, I encourage you to go back and really explore the previous seasons as they are full of valuable information. You get to pick and choose what to learn about next. Season one covers common aesthetic or cosmetic surgery topics and skincare, while season two explains reconstructive surgery topics. Then season three goes over general questions about plastic surgery. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and opinion, as well as those of any guest interviewed. It is not intended to provide medical advice, nor is it a substitute for a formal consultation with your physician. So stay tuned for this interesting journey we'll take together in the ever-expanding world of plastic surgery. Let's go. Well, I don't have to tell you that lasers and other machine-based skin treatments are immensely popular these days and becoming even more so practically by the day. At your convenience, you can refer back to the helpful episode number 20, which presents an organized way to understand these treatments. But for today's episode, we are lucky to have an interview with someone who is widely considered to be a laser treatment expert, Dr. Jay Burns. He explains his rationale for choosing certain treatments over others, and he gives some insight regarding advancements and trends in the laser world. Let's take a listen. Well, Dr. Jay Burns, thank you so much for joining us today, and you are considered an expert in the field. I'm just so thrilled that we have you here today. Would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about your background and how you came to be in your current role? Uh, I will. It's a pleasure to be here. I thank you for the opportunity. And so my current role is that I've I've made a transition. So I've got a a slightly different perspective uh, on life and on practice because I was the senior partner of the biggest group in the country, uh, Dallas Plastic Surgery Institute. That's just what happens when you get old. But, uh, but, but anyway, I transitioned and went out on my own, and I celebrated my year anniversary at my new practice called Resurrect Skin MD. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. And it's really been fun. And, you know, I'm just my own boss, and I sink or swim on my own. And, and I've been affiliated with UT Southwestern in teaching for many, many years. Uh, but now the residents come through, and I still get to teach them. So uh, I'm having a blast. That's wonderful. Well, what is the current scope of your practice? I've spoken a lot and done a lot of research and publications on the non-surgical. I have a laser and skincare center, and I've done that for probably about as long as anybody. I have scaled down my practice to where all I do is facial aesthetics. Uh, so I typically do uh, facelifts, and uh, and then obviously I, I could never leave my laser resurfacing and, uh, and anything on the face, eyes, and brow. I said anything. I don't do noses. I gave that up many years ago. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So let's start by talking about the face. What are some of the most common misconceptions you find among patients when they come to you for consultation? The most common misconceptions is that I think people want a magic wand. I think that they don't realize what surgery really even entails. And, you know, who can blame them? As much as you talk to a patient about all of these issues, they have kind of selective hearing loss. And it's really not their fault so much. I think that sometimes they just want to hear that it's going to be easier. They, they want to hear that it's not as much downtime. They want to hear some of those things. So some misconceptions are just that they don't understand that there's no way to get a, a fabulous result without out having some downtime. 
And that misconception is part of the reason that we meet with all of our patients and go over all that. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that. And it's difficult to get that point across sometimes, but we do try and it's so important. Yes. Now, most people these days have heard of the concept of laser skin treatments, but to foster a better understanding in our listeners, in layman's terms, could you explain what a laser really is? Yeah. Let me contrast it. A light bulb is white and the sun kind of looks like it has white light because it has all the colors and all the, 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 the wavelengths there are. And when you put them all together, they're white. That full spectrum, but, yeah. Full spectrum. And so wavelengths of light can kind of go from down to zero or all the way up to tens of thousands. But the wavelength of light that you can see is between four and 700. There won't be a test on this, but the point <laughs> is a laser is by definition a single wavelength of light. It's like 595 or 1064, or that's the wavelength of light. And that produces in the visible light spectrum, it produces a color. And let's say it's a yellow light, that's absorbed primarily by red. So we shoot yellow lights at blood vessels. That's the target. Yep, and so brown is, absor is absorbed best by green light, 515 to 532, somewhere in there lower 500s. So we're going to shine a green light at those brown sunspots, and mm -hmm. we're going to shoot yellow light at those red blood vessels. And so we have a target like wrinkles. You know, we're 70% water, so we're going to target water. So the lasers that we use for water are typically in the infrared spectrum. So I don't know if that answers your questions, but that's how we use lasers to target the various things that are going on with our skin. Yeah, it does. You know, the visible light, the white light is a full spectrum of colors that blend together to become white. But a laser really isolates a single color. And we use that as a tool to try to target certain problematic colors of the face, whether it be red blood vessels, as you say, or redness or brown spots, or if we want to reduce some of the top layer of the skin, so we target the water in those cells. So mm -hmm. great explanation. There are other modality treatments that are widely available, which people may be less familiar with. And those include energy-based options like radiofrequency and ultrasound, or even mechanical treatments like microneedling. Could you give the listeners a basic idea of the differences and when you favor certain ones for rejuvenation? Sure. So the lasers, radio frequency, and ultrasound are all really different ways to heat our skin. And you can use those different modalities to target different layers and different depths. And what we're trying to do, the one concept that we have determined over the last 20 years is that if we can heat skin, there is a magic temperature if we can heat skin between 55 and 62 degrees centigrade, it doesn't kill the skin, but it denatures the protein. And that denaturing causes a healing response that puts new collagen in. So we try to build new collagen in that skin. And so all we're really trying to do is heat that tissue up in a way that's very selective. And so you can shine light into the skin and heat it up. I mean, you can actually drive a needle into the skin, super sharp, and then heat, the, heat up the tip to create some, uh, that's radio frequency microneedling. You run a radio frequency current through the tip. You can drive radio frequency into the skin without a needle. 
uh, like thermage or uh, something like that. And then there's uh, other technologies that can drive ultrasound into the skin. And the unique thing about ultrasound is you can focus it superficial or deep. You can drive a needle superficial or deep. You can use it without the radio frequency, literally punches holes in skin, and you can use that by itself to kind of, uh, I think I tell patients it's kind of like aerating the lawn. And you can punch holes in the skin, not only with microneedling, but you can do that with lasers. Uh, and you mm -hmm. can go much deeper than the microneedling or, or superficial. And then one of the things we're doing now is if we can punch a hole in the skin in some way. And when I say punch a hole, you're talking about microscopic, tiny little holes. It's hard to even yes. see. Very, very But small. we can drip medicines and, and vehicles down there like steroids if you've got a, into a thick scar or a, a, a cool thing we do. We do a lot of scar treatments now that, that mm. surgeons, yeah, we'll have to talk about surgeons that. Yeah. didn't do very much in the past. But we can drive uh, medicines in there that will, that will pigment light-colored scars, and we can uh, try to darken that. We can put fillers into these holes to try to thicken that up. So um, mm -hmm. there's just a ton of stuff we can do. It's, it's something that's always intrigued me. And if you're ever going to be in this business, now's the time to do it because uh, there's just some really good and cool technology out there today. Looks exciting. So that's what's important, what you're stressing is creating a thermal situation, heating, mm -hmm. to change the skin to induce it to heal itself and heal back uh, smoother and tighter and uh, more rejuvenated, if you exactly. will. Exactly. And also what I'm hearing you say is that there's kind of a little bit of a Goldilocks level of heating. You don't want to heat too much because then you can have some damage and scarring, but you have to heat enough that you really start to make this change. Right. And that's right. where the beauty of having an expert such as yourself who is very well acquainted with what type of modality and what strength of the modality will be required for that particular patient's problem. Right. Could, so that's could wonderful. I, could I add just something else onto that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it kind of ties in with your first question and some misconceptions. And if you're and yeah. for your listeners, I'd love for them to hear this. I think it's really important. And that is we've got great technology and I am as guilty as any patient. I want a magic wand. I want something that works, that doesn't hurt. There's no downtime. And I get it by the time I get home. And it's just not possible. So when you go in and anything that causes heating, I've even got a slide that I use for my colleagues to kind of uh, gently slap them around and say, you know, stop telling, pa <laughs> stop telling patients there's no downtime to this. Because if there's no downtime, uh, I've just never seen anything that works really well if there's no downtime and there's no tissue effect or whatever. If you're heating the skin to 55 to 62 degrees, there's ways we can make it more comfortable. Uh, there's ways we can cool the skin. There's ways we can uh, give someone additional, like, nitrous oxide or something like that. There's ways we can make it comfortable, but if you're heating the skin and you don't feel any, uh, you say, that was amazing, I didn't feel anything, beware of something that seems too good to be true. There's got to be some downtime and for anything. If you go to the dentist and you get new teeth, they probably have to numb it if they're going to put a, do a root canal and give you a healthy tooth. There's just, and, and that's probably a terrible analogy because nothing we have hurts <laughs> as bad as a root canal, but you get my point. Yeah, if you don't have any downtime at all, then you probably didn't make much of a change. Right, so right. very insightful. Now, as we are talking about some of these modalities, would there be certain ones you might choose to try to treat fine wrinkles versus scars versus skin discoloration? Absolutely. So you and I both learned when we were going through our training that a good doctor always has a 
what we call a surgical or a treatment hierarchy. We want to start with the least risky thing that will create an effect. And if that doesn't work, we can start adding and adding and adding uh, to that to get more aggressive. And so if you're going to a physician, you want someone that knows exactly how to plug that in. So your question is the $64 question. So if we're going after brown spots, like, mm -hmm. you know, sunspots, age yeah. spots, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, so we can treat with lasers that affect that pigment specifically. And if you have a ton of brown spots over your whole face, uh, we haven't really talked about this before, but there's even a, a device that can blanket treatment the whole area fairly quickly called an IPL. And so IPL is intense pulse light. Intense pulse light. And so yeah. what we talked about is that it's almost like many lasers uh, at once. So you cover a lot of area. And so uh, I like the BBL. Uh, not all IPLs are created equal. BBL is broadband light. It's really more of a, uh, a different way to say the same thing, mm -hmm. but it's an IPL device with a ton of peak power and, uh, and super fast. So you can treat like a neck and chest in 10 or 15 minutes now, mm -hmm. which is Amazing. a mo monster breakthrough. Yeah, I liked that in my practice too. So you can use that. But if you had like a couple of three really dark brown spots and you just wanted to spot treat those, then a great laser for that is some kind of a what's called a KTP. It's one of those green light lasers. You can just spot it and just go boom, 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 and you're done with that. And you don't have to have the expense or the, the length of getting a, a full face laser treatment. So I'm in a little bit of an ivory tower. You asked me what the best thing was. I've got all the toys, so I, yeah, can, go and, I can go do that. If it's red, you can do the same thing. We have lasers that will go after red uh, very well. Uh, and you can get individual vessels with a certain laser. And if you have rosacea, like, that's just the redness that you can get. Uh, most people probably know what that is, yeah. but it's kind of a flushing over your whole face. Then, then, you, then you can go back to the BBL or an IPL and put a certain filter that really has more of the yellow light that we talked about and in all those wavelengths. And you can get a very nice clearing of the whole face. Then if you're going after light wrinkles, some of the devices that are very popular are the ones that we, they're called fractional lasers. I tell people that I have lasers that mow the grass and I have lasers that aerate the lawn. I've mentioned that mm -hmm. before. And mm -hmm. so you can either think about aerating the lawn. You can do it one of two ways. You can use a wavelength that just heats up columns to that 55 to 62 degrees. And then you've got lasers that are targeted with water so much that it will actually aerate the skin very microscopically. You're taking out that sun damage by evaporating and obliterating it. And you can do small wrinkles, uh, mm -hmm. mo modest wrinkles. I like them for acne scarring. Uh, I like yeah. them around the eyes where the, thin, the skin is thin and I don't want to thin it out anymore. I don't want to mow the grass around thin skin. Um, and don't uh, want to take too much skin. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's a really fractionated lasers in those areas are great. But when you get to one of the things I'm known for is uh, the really, really deep advanced lines around the mouth. And, uh, and so for that one, you really have to mow the grass and be much more aggressive. And so that comes with more downtime, but the results can be life-changing for, I have many women that come to me and say, you know, I was told I could never get rid of these wrinkles. And, um, you know, there's aggressive chemical peels and other alternatives that you can utilize. But with a chemical peel, I have to put a chemical on there and look at the different color changes and skin qualities. And I'm guessing 
with intelligence, but you're still kind of guessing how deep you are. With a laser, and I may be biased because I'm a laser geek, but I, I believe that I can, I'm literally taking the skin off and can see the result right in front of my eye when the laser's gone, or if the wrinkle is not gone and, the, and there's a certain bleeding pattern, then I know I've got to stop where it's safely. But that's going to take you a few days to heal that. It's an open wound and it's oozy, and I show every patient the downtime. But most of them, when I show the result, uh, and they have those kind of wrinkles and there's no other way to get around it, um, that's what I do. So I've just explained a hierarchy where you can come in and get a specific laser for a brown and be home and not have much downtime. I've got, if you get an IPL or a BBL, you're red for about an hour, and, and, mm -hmm. and, but you still see a nice result. And then I've taken you all the way up to where if you have these deep wrinkles that, that have plagued you and have taken 60 years to get, uh, we can get rid of those too, but with more downtime, but with great efficacy. So, so as a patient, uh, you have to decide the level of results that you want and then the level of downtime you're willing to accept in order to achieve those results. Some people need more aggressive treatments than others. And what do you do for patients who come in and say, you know, I want a certain level of results, but I just cannot tolerate the downtime. Can we do something that we'll do a little bit at a time and maybe do a series of treatments? Would that achieve my goal? Yes. I think that, I think that we do have some options where they have to just modify their expectations and realize it's gonna take a while to get there. You can do multiple treatments, the, the fractionated treatment, the, the, the aerating the lawn, if you will, that is less downtime. You heal much quicker. So I can get you to that point uh, with multiple treatments and get a better result than one, but it gets back to the very first question you asked me about you know, expectations. And right. I believe that I'm doing a, a big favor to somebody to have a frank discussion and an honest discussion and say, mm -hmm. you can't have the downtime, but yet you want your neck fixed or whatever it is. And I just say, you know, I don't want you to be disappointed. I could sell you stuff that's less. I could, but I don't believe you're going to be happy and mm -hmm. I don't want you to be unhappy. And so I'm going to, I'm trying to do you a favor by saying, don't, don't waste your time. Just keep saving your money. And one of these days, the lines are going to cross and you're going to look in the mirror and go, okay, enough's enough and it's worth it for me now. Or mm -hmm. you may say it's never worth it, but I just don't believe that, that you're, you know, what you want is going to be achievable without some downtime. And I believe that that's the mark of a good physician and a good surgeon. I mean, let's not try to sell you something that, that you, that's not going to work. Absolutely. But I've spent my whole career trying to figure out the answer to your question. Okay, if you can't do surgery and you don't want that kind of downtime, what are some other things we could do to make it look great? One thing I could do to a person to help them look younger and more healthy, and you may find this interesting, but it's not surgery. I think if we can make their skin look beautiful, I think that's maybe the most impactful thing we can do. So it's right up my alley. I can do both. If we can just take the wrinkles and make those better and give you a more homogeneous, creamy looking skin, mm -hmm. that makes somebody look younger and, and that's not surgery. Uh, and it might take multiple treatments over a period of time, kind of a long obedience in the same direction, but that's something I love to do. And uh, that's how we have those discussions 
and trying to get people that can get some traction. I want them mm-hmm. to have a long-term comprehensive plan that makes their skin look better 10 years from now and lifetime. And so I think people are really buying into that and rather than going and getting one treatment. It'd be like going to the gym and say, I want to work out today and have a six-pack you know, by the end of the week. It's just not going to happen. You've just got to show up and have a, obedience over a long time period. That's a, that's a good analogy, actually. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, we've been talking about these various modalities and what they can target, but how does a patient's skin color or pigment affect your treatment choice? Uh, this can be a real challenge because we don't want to create new problems. So when you have a person who has you know, beautiful pigmentation to their skin, but they want rejuvenation, what do you do? Uh, people of color have been a challenge from a, from a laser perspective because I just told you that we have lasers that will see the brown discoloration in my Caucasian light skin, but how does it distinguish between the brown and, that we don't want and the brown that's beautiful and say a beautiful uh, Eastern Indian woman or a Native American or something like that. So we have really been um, handcuffed in the past because these, how do we, how do we distinguish that? So um, I have uh, spent a lot of time with one of the leading experts uh, in the world is a, is a um, someone, uh, a dermatologist that has worked in Miami named Jill Weibel. And uh, she's brilliant, and she most of her patients are in Miami, and I, I have a um, uh, a similar interview that y- that you're doing with me. I do with other people uh, on another uh, on another uh, mechanism, and so I've interviewed Jill, and she sees types we call them type four and type five skin. That's people of color: light light brown, moderately brown, and dark brown and under black. Fitzpatrick has a scale of one to six lightness versus darkness of skin. Yeah, like so maybe the darkest black, maybe uh, the Haitian people are, are fairly dark and that might be a six. And then, you know, someone that's light Hispanic might be a, a four. And so all shades in between. And so um, what we're saying there is that we have you astutely pointed out we have to be careful. A lot of times those people will have something called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. They'll get a bug bite or they'll get a scratch and that will turn brown before it turns back to their native color and that might take six months or a year. Well there's two things we have now. Jill's taught me that any procedure I do now I've totally changed in the last year. So this is something new that I would tell you is that she made this outrageous statement that she hardly ever sees darkening with lasers in people of color. And so every single patient gets an immediate icing in the office to decrease the inflammation and a pretty potent steroid. And she does that for about 48 hours. And the steroids are great anti-inflammatory. Great anti-inflammatory. So we, we have utilized that with great success. So I'm happy to say that we can expand that now. You still can't treat as aggressively in darker skin types with any kind of laser. But there is a new laser called a thulium laser, and Cyton makes one that's called a Moxie, and there's other ones that have this. But we use that a lot. It's, hmm. it's kind of that laser that has just enough treatment but not too much inflammation, and then we'll couple that with the ice and the steroids. And it has really revolutionized our practice, and you may find this surprising, but we're now reaching out to Pacific Rim patients. A lot of those people could never be treated because the laser, the treatment was worse than the 
than the oh, original condition, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So now um, your question's great. You got to be very careful. We've got to go slower, but there is hope for people of color now. And we, and we treat them all the time at my practice. Yeah, that's a nice regimen that you've developed. So that's right. wonderful. Uh, and then let me ask you, um, in your practice, what percentage of your patients are male? I actually like males. They don't think they want it, but once they get it, they're hooked. And they're just like me. I, 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 I love these treatments now. And, yeah. and we probably are at about 10 to 12%. And we really would like to get that up to 20%. And so when a patient comes in and brings their husband, I'll really go in there and meet them. And we've got before and afters now with men. And so I think men are really good patients, especially if you can give them some quick treatments, no nonsense. Uh, you know, they, they kind of like laser more than surgery. They really don't want to look operated on. They're mm -hmm. really sensitive to that. And uh, although I do quite a bit of surgery on men, but, uh, but I really like treating men. And I think it's an untapped, uh, untapped market. Do you find their healing is any different or their... I do. I think they have better healing because they have better blood supply, They're at least on their face. To so the facial skin. Yeah, because their face is, has, has, has much more hair, and that requires better vasculature to nourish that. And so I, 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 think, they have, I think they have a little faster healing, and they have a little thicker skin than women. You know, across the board, you know, average. Yeah. average. There's exceptions to mm -hmm. all that rule, but I, I, I think they heal pretty well. And then for many of your treatments, are you numbing patients up in some way? Are you giving them a medication to relax them? Or what would be the spectrum of what you might do for the various treatments you offer? Uh, again, let's, let's talk about that hierarchy. You know, mm -hmm. hydrofacial, which is really more of a cleansing and a, a really wonderful treatment to make your skin look good, like immediately when you go home. It's, mm -hmm. it, Those it, are nice. It cleans out the pores. It moisturizes the skin. You don't need anything for that. That feels good, like a massage. Um, then you have uh, then you have treatments like um, we mentioned the BBL or IPL. I don't know about all IPLs, but the BBL Hero we don't even we don't give any numbing for that at all, and uh, the patients tolerate that really well. Uh, it's probably our most common treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, when we when we accelerate that up to that Moxie, the thing I just mentioned that 1927, it makes your face feel a little granular. It probably peels off in three or four days. And we'll have to numb that up. So they'll come in and get a numbing cream that just sits on the face. In our office, in my old age, I've really, really seen the value of just spoiling our patients and giving them great service. So I actually have two massage chairs. They can watch Netflix. They can stream oh, Apple Music. And they sit in there. So we do our numbing creams in that. If they do something where the radiofrequency microneedling, we will, we will give them that, that numbing. And we can give them a Pronox, which is a, a, a nitrous oxide. It's not quite as strong as the dentist use. It's very safe. Mm -hmm. The patient holds it, but it really helps. Yeah, it. so it's a gas they inhale. Gas they inhale takes the edge off. If they want to have even more than that, let's say they're doing a little bit more aggressive laser like I do, then we can give them a narcotic to take uh, once they're there, uh, a Valium, but they have to have someone to drive them home. And so right. those are some of the things that you can do depending on the procedure you're doing. I, I would say as you get, get into the radiofrequency microneedling that's a little more uncomfortable, but all of our patients tolerate it. And most of our patients don't need any of those things to have them drive them home. But if they do, we prepare for that and we just want them to be comfortable. Oh, that's great.
And then just in general, with many of the non-surgical treatment modalities, what are some of the complications you might worry about the most, and how do you handle those? With any laser, I tell them anytime you heat the skin, there's a chance of scarring it, it, in the worst case scenario. Most of the time, it could be a mild blister that heals without event. It could be some bruising from the injection. One of the things I didn't mention in the last segment about numbing and, and pain control is we can actually give some nerve blocks in the face and do injections just like they do in the dentist office and things like that. So you can get bruising from that. Um, but primarily when you're talking about laser treatment, you're talking about something to the skin where there's too much heat and you could, you could cause some temporary pigmentation that take, we've talked about that, the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And if you don't get scarring, you could get some lightening. These can be temporary or permanent in a worst case scenario. They're pretty rare if you know what you're doing, but any of those things we discuss with the patients. Uh, the other things you have to be careful about is eye protection. Good point. So you don't want to have an eye injury. So we protect the eyes with metal eye shields on all laser treatments. Those are kind of the main ones, I think. And, you know, there's always something that seems to be coming down the pike. Uh, any future developments or improvements you foresee or would like to see with some of these skin treatment modalities? Yeah. Well, that's, that's my business. Uh, you know, I'm, well, al <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always playing with new toys and coming down the pike. I don't know what all of these will take. For example, I just got a laser. There's only 18 in the world, um, but you'll hear more about it. But it's the longest treatment for cellulite that's ever been recorded. This new device, it's a high-speed ultrasonic shockwave therapy that we've never, mm. we've never seen this kind of shockwave historically. It's super small and super powerful. And so- uh, Very focused. Very focused. And so they've got data that shows a, a, a one-year or a permanent uh, improvement in cellulite that's never been recorded before. Our patients are really loving it. I think you're gonna hear a whole lot about the treatment of cellulite because the other thing is most of my patients, you know, when we did our studies, we had people that had very advanced cellulite, and I didn't see a lot of those in my office, to be honest with you. The women are really more concerned with some of those pock marks, but really they've got some linear kind of, they're more long and linear and that kind of thing, and we've never had anything that will do that. And I'm telling you, I've seen some amazing results. The thing that really got me was they showed the same woman treated one time, and I saw a 12-week improvement and you saw exactly the same picture 52 weeks after the treatment, and it was significantly improved from the 12-week improvement without any other treatment. That's a very, very powerful before and after. So I jumped in on that early and got that device. That's one. And That uh, does sound yeah, great. The radiofrequency microneedling devices are getting better, and not all of them are created equal at all. There's a ton of knockoffs, so be careful about that. Currently, I love the Lutronic Genius device. And, and again, I'm not getting paid for any of this. I'm just saying what I use, no. and, I, and I research all of these things. And so I'm just trying to, to give your listeners to, some guidelines. There's a new device that's a mechanical device that punches holes in the skin uh, that's kind of scarless removal of skin, and that's getting a lot of traction. But we'll see if that's better than laser removal or not. And uh, those are probably some of the things that are out there right now. And, and uh, I still think that, that we can always get better. I'd love to see something that was a little bit more uh, consistent and less variable and more effective per treatment in the, in the area of non-surgical skin tightening. 
You know, mm-hmm. women, you know, if we can, if we could ever tighten up that skin above the knees on women, I would retire to a desert island, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'd hope we'd get something like that and we're gaining on it, but um, that's what I hope for. But there's a lot of new, I, we're in a really great time right now. I've seen more great new technology in the last two or three years than I've seen in a long time. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah. So thank you for filling us in. You bet. Well, is there a final main thought you'd like to leave potential patients with regarding the concept of facial rejuvenation using laser and energy-based modalities? It's a tremendously growing market, and I would just emphasize maybe one thing that I said in the middle of this, and that was we do have the technology that if you want to invest in your skin at an early age, we used to say, when do I need to come see you? And we would say, well, I guess when you're not happy with your skin or when you start looking old. And I will tell you, there's great science that if you treat the skin gently and frequently over a long period of time, you can maintain your skin, prevent a lot of the more aggressive treatments, start early. Uh, Three BBLs a year has been proven in the Journal of Scientific Dermatology to change your genetic makeup in your skin. And, And I've had patients that are 10 years out, their skin looks younger than they did when they started 10 years ago. That's the magic wand that I didn't think existed 20 years ago. And so, but you can't do it by looking in the mirror, freaking out, running in there and getting one treatment. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And if you want it, it's going to cost some time. You got to show up to the gym on a regular basis. And, but it's out there and the technology's there. And uh, I would encourage you to just start slowly and, and get on a consistent program. And you'd be amazed at how your skin can look consistent for the years to come. Maintenance is key, huh? Absolutely. Well, it's been a delight having you here, Dr. J. Burns. Thank you so much for taking the time. And we'll have your information in the uh, podcast show notes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something, too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.